Before we go to talk about the Quebec election for the back end of the episode, I've just been handed a bulletin. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, this is breaking. Uh, it's not Polyev news, but it's news relevant to Polyev. Um, the Canadian Mint has made a gigantic five kilogram penny. <laughs> uh, so I, this, I assume is this penny legal tender? Uh, well, it's it is uh, an ode to the penny. <laughs> Ah, I see. Yeah, so it's an so, ode to legal tender. I can't, also, I can't, I can't get a hold of one of them and leave it in the take a penny, leave a penny uh, thing. <laughs> you t- just because it's five kilograms, just flatten the little dish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Wonderful. fucking. I'm just hurling it like a discus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just yeah. It's, well, I guess this wouldn't really happen anymore because we eliminated the penny. But if we mm. did have the penny, they could be like, oh, you're one cent short. And you could be like, oh, really? And oh, then, am I? You know, fucking, fucking just take someone's head off. That's right. Yeah, you could yeah, I mean, you could really do some damage with this thing. With a five kilogram penny? You bet, man. Well, it's, it's an ode to a penny. Imagine if you drop the five kilogram penny from the top of the CN Tower. Although it says, no, sorry, I'm, I'm looking at the, at the mint description, right? And it says, our oversized ode to Canada's last penny. But then it says, with its impressive diameter of 180 millimeters, this is limited edition piece is the largest Canadian one cent coin ever minted. <laughs> this is, look, this they know that a Polyev um, a premiership is coming, and they know that they need to get on the side. They need to, they need to get on his side, and so they're just going to start creating much much bigger coins. Great job, guys. Good work. Ah, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, so, shall we talk a little bit about uh, Quebec and what happened there? They had yeah. some democracy. Yeah, they had a they had a they had a democracy happen, and uh, the guy who was in charge last time, the guy everyone uh, knows and loves, uh, the guy who's going to find your small business uh, if you uh, speak any other language in, uh, than French in your uh, work Slack channel, that guy uh, got reelected by a landslide. Really, I mean. In terms of seats, maybe not in terms of popular vote, but in terms of seats. Um, so the CIQ uh, swept the election. They got 90 seats. The Liberals got 21. Uh, Quebec Solidaire, which is like the Quebec left party, got 11. The PQ got three. And the Conservatives got nothing. They got zero. So Nothing. Nothing. Um, but, I mean, for all intents and purposes, uh, the CAQ is a nativist, nationalist, right-leaning Quebecois party. So, not great news for anyone who, uh, who like me, is an Anglophone who lives in Quebec. Um, or anyone else, for that matter. Or anyone who's thinking of maybe moving to Quebec anytime soon, mm-hmm. whose first language isn't French. And, I mean, um, I think what's um, – again, I mean, this is, this is something that we're – I, I don't think either of us knows a hell of a lot about um, or about Quebecois politics beyond Dan. What you have to know to live there, yeah. Um, but and, and so we're. I don't. I don't think we're going to try to just like speak out of school and just sort of guess about what's going on. Um, instead, I, I think the approach is to try to try to look at what's happening and think about it in relation to um, to other political trends in Canada and in the world. And yeah. I mean, one of the well, things. Well, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say one way. One way this is similar to what's happening around the world is sort of populist movements that have massive support outside of a, let's say, like a small island that also happens to be the uh, 
creative and financial engine of whatever, uh, wherever these elections are taking place. In this case, Montreal, you know, Montreal is almost entirely liberal with the exception of one riding in North Montreal, which went to the CAQ and one riding in the South, which is Verdun, which went to Quebec Solidaire. Actually, I think there are more than one riding in Montreal that went to Quebec Solidaire, but, uh, but yeah, so like it's essentially Legault's party versus the city, not that it administrates, but where all the finance and all the art and everything happens. I mean, that's sort of, I mean, that's that's what struck me as pretty similar to, for example, uh, the UK. Yeah, it's not just everyone against one city, but there is a very clear, stark divide, uh, or at least there was until all of the all of British politics, all of British party politics, anyway, got its lines redrawn when the Tories declared war on pensioners and homeowners. Which yeah. really is the last thing anyone would have expected them to do. Um, exactly. But nevertheless, traditionally, uh, the, the the tendency has been um, since like the uh, since since the sort of seventies and eighties is the um, is the positioning of uh, cities which are associated with urbanized international finance capital um, mm-hmm. and um, the countryside and small towns and exurbs the cities and and sorry not exurbs but yeah small towns um, and the countryside, which tends to be associated with extractive um, physical capital. Um, mm-hmm. and, that, and that one, and that the, the former tends to um, openness because, you know, that's internationalized financial capital requires openness. It requires you to be, it requi- it's good business for them to not say, to, to not be nationalistic specifically. 